Hello, I'm Simon Mundy. I've been on a journey to understand what makes PNG PNG. Along the way, I've been finding out about its life-changing projects and innovative products, as well as speaking to some ordinary people who are making an extraordinary difference in the world. In this series, called Powered by Purpose, we'll be hearing their remarkable personal stories of resilience and resourcefulness and exploring how P&G impacts the lives of not only the people who work there or those who buy their products, but society at large. In this episode, I'm speaking to a woman who overcame personal challenges and societal barriers to find her way to P&G, where she's used her own experiences to lift up other blind people everywhere. This is Sam's story. Hi, my name is uh, Sam Latif and I am Procter & Gamble's first ever company accessibility leader. So I have a hereditary condition that deteriorates over time. It's called RP for short and the long name is retinitis pigmentosa. You know, a lot of people imagine that being blind is black or darkness and it's not like that at all. The way I would describe it is, what can you see out of your elbow? You just don't see anything at all. It's not black, it's not white. There's just nothing there. And that's what complete blindness is like. There's just nothing there. But for me, I can tell you that the lights are on. I can see enough to know light and dark. I can see enough to see some color in objects, but I never see the total picture. I don't ever remember having perfect sight. I always wondered why I would only read five words a minute, whereas other kids my age would read so beautifully. I also was very prone to bumping into old ladies or lampposts or tables and chairs. So I had lots of bumps and bruises and I was just called clumsy or not paying attention. I didn't realise it was because I couldn't see very well. I used to go to this, this mainstream school and I was in a mainstream class and I was in English doing drama. And I had just a couple of lines to learn for, for a drama class. And I just remember I used to memorise my, my lines, but I could see the words just to reinforce that what I had memorised was accurate. But on one particular day, I remember looking at the words on the page and I could see the white background and I could see the black words on the page but I couldn't make them out. I couldn't actually focus in on the actual words anymore. At that time I actually hadn't realised that I had become almost blind. I just thought something strange was happening in my brain. It was um, hard to come to terms because all of a sudden people start treating you with a lot of sympathy, that you can't do what you were. I wasn't able to study like everyone else. The whole approach changed. I just felt like I had become a nobody. So people treating you with sympathy, you can imagine that that would be coming from a well-intentioned place, but actually that was the bit that was among the hardest things for you to cope with. Absolutely. I mean, telling me, you know, maybe you could take a couple of years out of school. You don't need to come to school anymore. You can learn Braille. It will take you a couple of years to learn Braille so, so that then you can restart your education. 
it just didn't feel right. So I very quickly started coming up with ideas just to become normal. One of the, the first ideas was to ask teachers to record information from the blackboard or from books onto a cassette. And what I realised was that if I came up with the ideas, it was easy to get them implemented because people did have the good intentions. Was there ever a, that sense of why me or feeling down about not being able to see fully? I've never really had that why me. I've always thought that we all in life have our own tests and, and this is my test and I've always felt that, you know, I can handle it. What frustrates me is that sometimes the barriers that I face, they don't need to be there. I was desperate to earn money and get a job. I never wanted to rely on anyone financially. I was thinking very hard, how do I earn money? Because when I was at university, a lot of my friends would work in a bar or work in a retailer store. I just couldn't do any of those type of jobs. You know, I'd be a terrible waitress. Um, so I kept thinking, you know, what would I do? How can I earn money? And one of the ways that I thought might be easy would be to find a, a telephone-based job. So my first few jobs were telesales. You know, I was selling windows, doors, kitchens, bathrooms, and I even started selling wills. People would answer the phone and I would say something like, hello, Mr. Smith, have you ever thought about dying? <laughs> well, don't worry, I can help you put a will together and that will help you live happily ever after. <laughs> what were you like as a salesperson? I was very good. I couldn't read the telephone numbers though. So, you know, like in, in those days we would have, we didn't have access to the internet or digital. It was all like the, the yellow pages, if you're familiar with them. I actually had to employ someone to read me the telephone numbers of all the people that I was going to call. So I would pay them five pound an hour and I would earn five pound an hour. And the idea was that they would record as many telephone numbers in that hour for me so that I could do like a three hour shift. And that's how I used to do it. You know, I know you're resourceful by necessity and by nature, but are you aware just quite how resourceful you are? <laughs> well, thinking back now, I hadn't realized then what I know now, which is actually the company who I worked for should have been recording the telephone numbers for me and paying for that service. But I just decided to do it myself so that I wouldn't be any hassle on the employer. You're, you're skipping the question there, Sam. Do you know how resourceful <laughs> you are? Yeah, I, I like to think so. I'll try and find a way around anything, any problem. <laughs> You've left the call center. Where do we go from here? Tell me about your chance encounter with a, a Scottish billionaire. Arnold Clark, yeah, Mr. Clark was absolutely amazing. I mean, I happened to bump into him at a recruitment fair, didn't know who he was, just got chatting to him. And after about 20 minutes, I realised that he was the Mr. Clark of Arnold Clark. We just got on so well. And then um, he, he offered me a job. He said, have you got a job? And I said, not yet. You know, that's why I'm at this recruitment fair. Um, I want to I want to find a job. I explained to him that, you know, one in four blind people only have a job. So, you know, the, the chances of blind people finding jobs is very low. And, and he said, why don't you come and work for me? And I'll ask my people to get you a job. 
And then he, he told his, his people, like, I'd, I'd like Sam to work for, for me and I'd like her to define what job she wants to do. <laughs> and I just couldn't, I mean, that was it. And, and then I had to meet these, these people in his company who started asking me, so what do you do? What kind of job would you like to do? And um, they were really forced to, to give me a job. And it was something that I would never have got, you know, normally. And it was just because I happened to meet the right person at the right time. Another one was when I interviewed for Procter & Gamble. I wasn't actually looking for a job. I was quite happily working at Arnold Clark, but I got this call from a recruitment agency requesting that I apply to a company called Procter & Gamble. You know, I was thinking, oh, I don't know anything about it. I said to them, I have a job already. I'm quite comfortable in this. And they were really insisting that, please, could you do this for us? We'd like you to apply. So I applied for, for a job, not knowing who Procter & Gamble was at the time, but when I read their, their brochure, I realised that, oh my God, they're all over my house, they're in my kitchen, my bathroom, because it's like brands like Fairy, Pantene, Head & Shoulders, all these brands that I was familiar with. So I applied, not expecting to get a job, because I also had experiences when I was applying to jobs, when people would interview you and they would just say how lovely it was to meet you, but you know, the job's not for you because we don't really take blind people on. I had really like outright discrimination. So when this case came along, I was kind of expecting the same. I didn't really want to do it, but I thought, well, a free flight to London, I, I get a day out, it'll be very good. And so I applied and I went through a series of interviews and, and a test and I was really shocked while I was at my last interview with Procter & Gamble, they offered me the job on the spot. I declined the offer after a few days because I'm a first generation Scottish Pakistani girl. I was the only girl in my family who had gone through university. So there was no way in the world that my mum and dad would let me leave Scotland and go and work for a company in London. It was just not the done thing in those days. So I very politely declined and this guy, Mike, who was the guy behind the initiative to recruit disabled people into P&G, he called me and said, you know, he was just asking, why, why are you not accepting our offer? And when I explained the reason, he said, may I talk to your parents and explain that we'll look out for you? And I said, sure. So I gave him my dad's telephone number, not thinking he would do anything with it, but he actually called them, spoke to them on the phone and then flew up to Scotland, to Glasgow to meet with them, have a cup of tea and convince my parents to let me move to London on my own. What was it like, your experience of moving to London and starting at P&G? It started off so exciting, but very quickly I realised that, oh my God, I'm in a new place. I don't know how to go shopping. You know, in those days we didn't have online shopping. I didn't know anybody where I lived, so I had to figure out the route, count the number of steps or find ways to get to Sainsbury's and stuff and carry my shopping home. It was really hard. In the office, my talking computer wasn't adapting to the way P&G's uh, systems are. So on a day-to-day, -day, I was very rarely even able to read more than two or three emails before my computer crashed. It was a very, very difficult time. And there was like nights when I would just work because I couldn't get things working during the day and if the computer started working in the evening I would be working till three four five in the morning my focus was on survival not even thinking about 
quitting for a long time. I just kept trying to think there must be a way around this. There must be a way around this. And then when things were just not getting any better, I decided I was going to quit actually. <laughs> so I went to Mike and said, Mike, it's just not working. I can't, you know, if you don't have the tools to do your job, if your computer doesn't talk, you can't see anything. I did explain to Mike that this wasn't working out and I wanted to leave. And Mike said, what would it take to make it work? The only thing I could think of was, Mike, I need my own personal IT support. And Mike said, okay. And within 24 hours, I got my own dedicated IT person called Paul Cuthbert, who's still with the company and he's absolutely amazing. I was really excited that finally I felt part of the IT community. I knew how to deliver IT projects. I was part of multiple brand teams. I was understanding how business was done and how technology would transform the business. And I was really, really enjoying it. And on top of that, to get told I was now promoted to the next level, was it was a lovely, lovely surprise. When the barriers were removed and I was able to perform at my peak, it felt great. And I started thinking, how can I now give back? There's more people in the world who have disabilities and they have difficulty getting work. What could I do in P&G to help the community of people with disabilities? So I started being part of a network which existed in America called People with Disabilities. It's part of P&G and it consisted of people who either had a disability or had a family member with a disability. And I was their virtual member from, from the UK. So I came up with this idea of a disability challenge, which was putting PNG people in the shoes of people with disabilities and got them to experience what it was like firsthand to have a disability and be an employee at our offices or be a consumer of some of our products. There's 1.7 billion people in the world with a disability and they have a massive disposable income. You know, they've got disposable income of uh, $6 trillion. And so the point I started making to P&G was we need to better serve these consumers. And I was uh, approached by the executive sponsor of the Disability Network, Julio Nemeth, who's now my boss. It was a really pivotal moment in my life because it was the first time I had the opportunity to talk to senior leadership and explain something that I was totally passionate about. I had done IT for you know, now 15 years and I was, I was good at doing IT, but I felt that this was my calling. This was something that I could, you know, add my unique perspective to. And I was very lucky that Julio was able to hear me out and then offer me this as my day job. And you're working on some amazing projects. Let's just talk through a few of them. And I'd like to start with the tactile shampoo because I watched one review from a partially sighted woman in America. She said, oh, it was an amazing idea and how often people who are visually impaired will put elastic bands around shower bottles or conditioner bottles so they know which is which. Being blind, I always struggle knowing what's in the bottle. I mean, the most popular question that I ask to my family members every day is, what's this? Because I can't always remember the shape of the bottle. For sighted people, there's so many words on anything, any jar, bottle, tube. When you're blind, the only thing that you have is the shape of a bottle. But when you've got 
two bottles that are identical, but one is shampoo and one is conditioner, you forget which one's which. You start putting elastic bands or sellotape. So that was my own personal problem that I've had all my life. And my recommendation to the business was, well, why don't we put some tactile markings on shampoo and conditioner bottles so that people don't have to come up with their own compensating behaviour. They don't have to go and find an elastic band or some sellotape that we put some tactile on the bottle so that the four stripes that we've got for shampoo will mean shampoo and the, the circles that we've put in tactile for conditioner will mean conditioner. So that was a recommendation and then we figured out a way to, to implement that on herbal essences. But it's not just for our herbal essences. The idea is that this should become the language for all shampoos and all conditioners around the world. We've been interviewing people on tactile packaging recently and it's really emotional to hear some of the struggles that people go through day in, day out. The broader world doesn't really realise how many challenges people with disabilities, blind people, have to go through every day just to just to live that normal life. We partnered with Be My Eyes. So Be My Eyes is an app that helps you as a blind person to connect with sighted volunteer anywhere in the world uh, over a video call. So they're just that like extra pair of eyes that you might need in your living room. If I've dropped my headphone, I can't see it on the floor. I'll call Be My Eyes, show them my living room floor and hopefully find my headphone. And I just thought, why not use this on some of our brands where blind people might find it difficult to use? So if you think about it, like we, we have Clear Blue, the pregnancy test brand. And today our actual pregnancy tests were difficult for blind people to read the result. You either had to take it to a doctor or find a family member or a friend and ask them in confidence. And it's not something that everybody wants to do, right? You want to be the first to know your own personal news on whether you're pregnant or not. And so we put clear blue on Be My Eyes so that if a blind person wanted to know their pregnancy result, now they can press the clear blue button on the Be My Eyes app and they can get connected to one of our agents at Clear Blue who can help them their result in private. And I hope you don't mind talking about this and stop me if you do, but this was born off personal experience, wasn't it? A long time ago now, I couldn't read my own pregnancy test result. My husband was away and I was one of those people who was desperate to know whether I was pregnant or not. So I decided to go and ask my pharmacy. So I walked to the pharmacy, the first one, and I asked them if they would read my result. And they said no. <laughs> and it was really hard, you know, like I was really pushing myself out of my comfort zone now. It's not something that I feel comfortable doing. I don't know if I would ever do it again, but I was so desperate. It's just another example of how hard life is for blind people when the world is not accessible. But it doesn't need to be that because it just takes a few tweaks and we can make that this world a lot more accessible for more people. I, I do feel quite proud of the fact that, you know, now we can, um, like the blind community, get our pregnancy tests read in confidence um, without any judgment. Yeah, if you had a message for all the people along your own personal journey, what would it be? I feel I don't have the words they don't realise the impact that they have made 
to my life. I am so indebted to them. I feel so grateful for what may have been a small gesture to them. It's made a massive difference in my life. And I think about them every day. I'm so grateful to them. They have allowed me to accomplish something that would never have been possible if it wasn't for the little things that they did in my life that made a massive difference. We hope you've been inspired by this episode of Powered by Purpose. If you'd like to learn more about P&G, what we do and what we make, we invite you to visit us at pg.com and search Powered by Purpose. And please do get in touch via our social media channels. Just search for P&G.